right. Good morning. I'm Pastor Allen. We're glad that you're here this morning. How many of you are glad that you're here this morning? Are you glad that you're here? Yeah. Nice and comfortable in here. It's air conditioned. I'm working on a deck at my house, and I'm, it's hot, and I'm sweating, and these gnats are flying all over, and uh, I don't have to worry about that today. I'm here with you folks, having a good time, and uh, enjoying fellowship and worship together. We started a series way back on Mother's Day titled Building Strong Families, and that's really important, and we've been using the basis for that, the uh, God's Top Ten list, Ten Commandments. We're really trying to talk about values that are important or should be important to us and our families to build them stronger. We always prefer to have stronger families. So uh, that's what we've been talking about for a few weeks. Uh, Review a couple of weeks. Uh, Probably the most important week was uh, week two because we took top of the top ten list and we talked about we get that up? Yeah. Putting God first. All right. So everything else, boil it all down. If you want just one thing to do, do this. Put God first. Where I want to succeed, in your family, in your finances, your job, school, health, whatever. And he will provide what I need. All right. So that is really a basis, a foundation, really important thing to do. Last week we talked about having integrity and a basic principle about values, and that's this. Values are caught, not taught. So if you're a parent or grandparent, you can tell your kids or grandkids whatever you want, but whatever they see you doing is what they're going to do. You're a model. They're going to mimic you. You ever see your kids do that? Uh, Sometimes it's cute because you're doing something that's okay, but when you're doing something that's not okay, it's not so cute, is it? So values are caught, not taught. Today we're going to talk about number nine on the top ten list, and it's basically tell the truth. We would say tell the truth, whole truth, and nothing but the truth. In fact, that's kind of strange because that, they do that in court, but one place people lie more almost than any place else is where? In court. But anyway, <laughs> let's uh, look at the verse. Uh, Moses wrote it down. He says, do not tell lies about others. Or do not false uh, talk, uh, testify falsely about others. We're just basically saying... Tell the truth. Don't lie. Now, this was a little alarming to me. 66% of you, of us, Americans, believe it's perfectly fine, it's perfectly okay to lie. So two out of three of you have no issue with you. I guess you're going to close your ears this morning and not listen to what I'm talking about. Uh, 66% perfectly fine to lie. Now, to me, that's a little disturbing because it's in God's top ten list. So there's some disconnect, obviously. 31% of you believe honesty is the best policy. The rest of you don't believe it. Dr. Keeler, who invented, invented the lie detector, and he, he tested over 25,000 people, came to one basic conclusion. You know what it was? Everybody lies. Everybody lies. Now, we don't like to consider ourselves liars. Liars are people that lie all the time. I don't lie all the time, so I'm not a liar. I just lie occasionally, right? Or we tell little white lies. I don't know what that means. I guess they're lies that we don't think hurt anybody. I don't know. Uh, We tell half-truths. If you tell a half-truth, what are you telling? A lie, right? The the other half is you're lying about. Um, Can you lie without even talking? Sure, somebody asks you a question, you have a spatial expression, whatever, or you can just deceive people without talking. 
Reminds me of the teenage boy. I don't think we any teenage boys in here, but anyway. He's got a 12 o'clock curfew. He stays out to 2 o'clock in the morning. He's got one of those squeaky steps. He steps on the steps. He wakes up his parents. They say, hey, is that you, Johnny? Uh, what time is it? Just as they ask what time it is, the cuckoo clock goes off. Cuckoo, cuckoo. And, of course, the next 10 he filled in himself. Cuckoo, cuckoo, cuckoo. All right? All right, so we, we lie. We're deceptive. We don't always tell the truth. I was wondering why. Why? Why do we lie? Augustine, pretty important religious guy, way, 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 way back, he said we have eight ways to lie. Most of you heard of Mark Twain. He was kind of a, a humorous writer. He said there's 869 ways to lie. I don't know where he came up with that number. But there's a lots of ways to lie. But again, what is the motivation? What motivates us to lie? Because God says not to do it. So I came across a list of five. We won't talk about 869, but we'll talk about five ways. But not, the most important thing to me is why, uh, the motive. So the first one is this, a cruel lie. And that's when we say mean things, we, we hurt people. Often we are hurting and then we just, you know, I'm hurting, so I'm going to hurt. We kind of get back at people. Uh, politicians do this all the time. When famous people do it, it's called slander. You know, when you say something that's not true about another person, uh, run, their, run their, pers- uh, their reputation down. Uh, the Sadducees uh, did this about Jesus. They lied about Jesus and lied about Jesus until what? Jesus got killed, crucified, because of their lies. So why? What's the motivation? And, it, you know, it's bitterness, resentment, anger. I just boiled it down to the word resentment. There's some resentment, so you say, uh, your reaction is to say a cruel lie. So what is the, uh, how can we stop doing that? What is the cure? What is the solution? What's, what do we need to do? And we need to offer forgiveness. Offer forgiveness. We're going to talk about this more later, but if you forgive people, then you don't longer resent them, or you're no longer angry. You don't want to get even, so you won't have a tendency to tell a cruel lie. Second type of lie is this, a cowardly lie. And we've all done this one. And that's when we're afraid of the consequences. The boy that came in two hours late, he knew he would get grounded because he broke curfew. So he was going to lie because he was afraid of the consequences. He wanted to escape the consequences. Think all the way back to the story of Adam and Eve. When Adam got caught, what did he say? She did it. And when she got caught, what did she say? Uh, The devil did it. Right, right. right. We want to always blame somebody else. We don't want to take the blame and and consequently the, the, the negative stuff. The consequences come along with it. You know, the dog ate my homework. Where, where does that come from? Well, we don't want to get in trouble because we didn't do our homework. So it's fear. Uh, all of us face some peer pressure but especially difficult for, for teenagers. And so, you know, if you're a goody, I was kind of the goody-goody person at, at school, so maybe you were, I don't know. But, uh, you know, pe- people wouldn't invite me to a party or they'd make fun of the fact that I didn't, you know, do some of the things they did. And then sometimes your tendency is, no, no, I do that. Um, you know, I tell dirty jokes or I, whatever. Uh, why? Peer pressure, fear of being not accepted, being rejected, not being part 
people not liking me, uh, so we tell cowardly lies. Sometimes we say, I can't, when we really say, really mean, I don't want to. Ever ask, somebody asks you to do something or go somewhere, and you say, I can't. And you really is, the reason is you don't want to. When you say, I can't, and it's really I don't want to, what have you just done? You and I have just lied. Now, what is the cure for fear? Perfect love casts out fear. So, if you are in a loving relationship and situation, you should have no reason to tell a cowardly lie. Kids shouldn't tell lies to parents because their parents love them, right? Again, they sometimes will because of the fear of the consequences. Another type of lie is this, a conceited lie. And this is rooted in insecurity. And this is when we tell lies to try and impress people. You know, uh, the fish story where the fish keeps getting bigger each time you tell it because it wasn't big enough. It wasn't a big enough impression on somebody the first time you told it. Resumes, I think someone, a statistic I saw, 40% of people lie on their resume. Why? Because you don't think you can get the job if you tell the truth on your resume. You don't think it's adequate enough. You have insecurity. You don't feel like you're good enough. We also hide our hurt. You know, you say, didn't bother me, didn't bother me, but it really did bother you, right? <clears throat> it's based in, again, insecurity, low self-esteem, different words we could use. Uh, what's the cure for insecurity? It's, it's faith. It's truly believing God made you. You're a, a, a masterpiece. Uh, you're not perfect, but God made you the way you are, and you should be uh, happy with that. Uh, another type of lie is the calculated lie. And this is where you're thinking it through and you're planning it. And usually the reason is because you want to gain something. It's selfishness. Uh, like a con man. He wants to, to get money out of you dishonestly. And so he is going to tell you something to make you believe something that's not true. And it's for their selfish gain. Now... The cure for selfishness is unselfishness, which isn't easy to do, is it? But that's where it's more about your interest and mine. A good salesperson will say, hey, what is your need? Explain to me what you're looking for, and I will find the best match for you, right? So they're obviously going to make a sale, but their goal is not for their benefit, but for your benefit. And we all like to see salesmen like that, or no salesmen like that, don't we? And another lie, a type of lie we're going to finish up with is the one we're probably the most guilty of, or I am anyway, it's the convenient lie. And that's just because it's easier, it's faster. Uh, when somebody asks you, how are you doing? You just you, you say, fine, you don't even think about it. Uh, you don't want to take the time to tell them. Sometimes you, don't, you know they don't really care, they're just being polite. Uh, gossip is another form of this. Somebody tells you something, you tell somebody else, hey, so-and-so told me this about so-and-so without taking the time and energy to check and see if it was true, right? So it's easier, it's lazy. <clears throat> um, you ever been someplace and been bored? <laughs> or knew you would be bored if you go? So if you're there, you say, oh, I've got to get back because of the babysitter, or, um, you know, I've got to do this. Uh, again, I can't instead of I don't want to. And the problem with this kind of lie is we think it's okay, don't we? 
<laughs> really? We just think it's okay. <laughs> because, yeah, it's really, not really hurting anybody and so forth. But God says to tell, don't tell lies. Tell the truth. <clears throat> Biggest solution to this one, I just, is, is, is have the energy. <laughs> uh, to take the time and tell the truth. Now, we're going to talk about something Paul wrote. Paul was this guy that had this dramatic encounter with God and became a Jesus follower. And then he started churches in modern-day Turkey and Greece and finally got into Rome. And he would visit, start these churches, then he'd go back and visit some of them, but he would write them letters. And these people were trying to figure out how to be a Jesus follower because nobody had been Jesus followers before. You and I grew up, most of us, knowing at least somebody was a Jesus follower. We had some idea. They had no idea. And so he would write these letters to tell them how a Jesus follower should think and act and do. And usually the first half of the letter was some theological basis or some reason to do it. And then he would explain things to do. So we're going to look at the part where he's explaining some practical application, some practical things you and I need to do, especially in our relationships with each other, um, as a Jesus follower. So this is Ephesians Church at Ephesus, we're going to pick it up at verse, chapter 4, we're going to do four, four, verses 14 to the end, skipping some of it because it got too long, it's covering one morning. <clears throat> he said, then when you become a Jesus follower, you will no longer be immature like children, okay? We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us. Do people try and trick us? Yes, people try and do that. With lies so clever, they sound like the truth. Now, some of us are more gullible than others. I tend not to be very gullible. If some, I hear something or somebody says something, even if it's like my wife, my first indication is, eh, I don't know about that. All right? Other people, my wife being one, our tendency is to believe it first. All right? Which is fine. In fact, it's probably better to be like her than me. But the question is, you need to examine, right? It's like everything on the internet is true, right? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> All right, so you read something in the internet, you have to examine it to see if it's true. Most of the time, it's going to sound true. All right, the person that writes it wants to convince you it's true. So we have to, that's immature just to believe everything you hear, right? So we need to be more mature, we need to grow up, we need to be like kids, and figure out what is the truth. Then he goes on and says this, instead, now this word instead is going to show up like three times. What's the best way to break a bad habit? It's to start a good habit, all right? If you're a couch potato and you never exercise, the best way to get out of that is to start a good habit of exercising, right? You're not just going to be in a vacuum. So if we go along here, he says, don't do this. Instead, do this. If you do this, then you won't do the other thing. You break the bad habit by, by a good habit. So the good habit here is, instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing every way more and more like Christ, or more and more like Jesus, Right? And that should be our goal, following Jesus, to become more like Jesus. And one way we do that is speak the truth in love. Now, is that easy to do? Is it always convenient? Now, sometimes it's hard to do, isn't it? But how do you and I grow? 
How does our relationships grow with other people? It's by telling the truth lovingly, sometimes when it's difficult or hard to do. Because right? when we, we neglect or we stuff things or we just kind of ignore things, eventually they're going to get worse and worse. So instead we speak the truth in love. Then he goes on, skipping down a few verses. Since you've heard about Jesus and have learned the truth. All right? Important to know the truth, whatever the truth is, whether it's just normal truth like mathematical truth or science truth or uh, relationship truth. It comes from him. So Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and light. Jesus equals truth. The evil one equals what? Lies, all right? Now, sometimes we tend to believe his lies because we think it's going to be better or more fun, but Satan's going to tell us lies. Jesus is going to tell us the truth. So he says, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life. That means your life before you were Jesus follower. If you're not a Jesus follower here this morning, we're glad that you're here, uh, and we hope you'll become one at some point. But once you do, you will be different. You will act different. Uh, so you, you get rid of that old simple nature, reform way of life, which is corrupt by lust and deception. Part of life without Jesus is about deception. It's about lies and it's about lusts and our desires that are not necessarily good for us. When you become a Jesus follower, you will think differently. We're going to look at that in a second. Actually, it's the next verse. <clears throat> Go ahead, put that up there. Uh, Instead, led by the Spirit, that's your other option, renew your thoughts and attitudes. All right, so it's a process. And it's interesting, when you and I are trying to break a bad habit, whether it's lying or something else, if I'm going to say, I'm not going to lie, I'm not going to lie, I'm not going to lie, what eventually happens? You lie, don't you? Because willpower just doesn't get it done, does it? I call it will weakness because it always gives out eventually. Whatever it is, whatever bad habit you and I have. But the Bible makes it clear that (laughs) the good habits are a gift, just like salvation, right? The Spirit of God comes in to help you and I do the right thing, to desire to do the right thing, to think about them, have the right attitude, and eventually do the right things. So why do we do the right things? It isn't because we want God to accept us or or be happy with us. He's already accepted us. He's given us that gift. So we do it because it's the right thing to do. We want to do it. We have the desire to do it. He's changed our way of thinking. And it's what's best for us and it's what's best for other people. Now, it's something that if you're a Jesus follower, you made a commitment to at one time in your life, but it's something you have to really uh, daily recommit yourself to doing, right? It's easy to fall back into bad habits, if you will. So, yes, imp- lying is wrong. Telling the truth is important. I need to remind myself each day because those situations are going to come up where, well, it seems easier to not tell the truth, right? So, led by the Spirit. Then he goes on to say in the next verse, you must display a new nature. It means be different in a good way, different, because you're a new person. That's a really exciting thing. Getting something new is right. New cars are nice, right? New clothes are nice. Something new. Well, as a Jesus follower, you become a new person. 
right? So you get like a fresh start. And it's in God's image or God's likeness. Righteous, that means you do the right thing instead of the wrong thing. Holy and true. Truth instead of, of lies. And then he simply, next verse, makes it as clear as possible. He says, stop telling lies. Just stop doing it. Don't do it anymore. All right? Let us tell our neighbors the truth. Don't lie. Tell the truth. Lying causes issues, problems, conflict. Uh, lying can eventually destroy relationships. So he says, tell the truth. And then he brings in another ingredient in this next verse. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Now this is really important because that first big category, the cruel, based on resentment, that's basically anger. Let me ask you first, is anger a sin? This is important. Jesus get angry? Yes. So sin, anger is not a sin necessarily. Most of us, when we get angry, do sin. But we should be angry about some things. We should be angry about some things in society, shouldn't we? Poverty and child molestation and different other things. We should be angry about those things. It's what we do with the anger. It should be controlled. And with Jesus, it was controlled. That means we use it in a constructive or positive way. Now, one thing some of us try and do is stuff it. Is that a constructive way to do it? No. I mean, you can become sick trying to stuff, hold in your anger. So it should be controlled. It should be expressed in a positive way, and that'll help deal with the lying thing, right? And then he ends up talking about it's not enough not to do the wrong thing. You need to do the right thing, right? It's not enough to stop speaking badly or poorly. He says, don't use foul or abusive language. A cruel lie would be abusive. Let everything you say be good and helpful. Okay. Everything you and I say be good and helpful. Is everything you and I say helpful? That's the guideline. So your words can be an encouragement to those who hear them. Is everything you say an encouragement to someone else? Uh, like the message paraphrase, it says, every word a gift. Isn't that a great way to think about it? Every time I say anything, it should come out across as a gift. And then he ends up with this. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. That's all the negative list. Instead, again, replace that with be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So what's the key? Forgiveness is the key. It's kind of the Jesus law. What is the Jesus law? <laughs> Forgive because he's forgiven you. Why did God forgive you? Or why has God forgiven you? Or why will God forgive you? Because you deserve it? I deserve it? No, it's just basically God loves us. We call it, say it's his grace and mercy. He just chooses to. So, you and I have received unmerited forgiveness. What should be our response or reaction to receiving it? It's to give it, to pass it on. So Jesus said, I've forgiven you, forgive everybody else. Nothing's worth holding on to. All right? So, there's, there, there's, there's the instructions, but how, how do we do that? Let me give you four 
categories of ways to do it. First, tell the truth completely. And part of that is facing issues. Sometimes we just don't want to deal with them. We let them slide. But if you don't deal with the issues, eventually they're going to explode. Besides, we want people to be completely truthful with us, don't we? Like if you go buy something again, a sales from a salesperson, you want them to tell you the whole truth, right? They want to tell you half the truth. Because some of the things that they may think are positive, you wouldn't think are positive. Some of the things they think are negatives, you may think are, are positives. You want the whole complete truth so you can make the best decision. And a good salesman would do that. If we don't tell the truth completely, it breeds mistrust. And this is why that's so important. And this is kind of, if you don't remember anything else I said this morning, try to remember this. Truth builds trust. And relationships are built on trust. If you do not have trust, you, can, you do not have a relationship. And again, truth builds trust. So another way to tell the truth is to tell the truth consistently. If I tell the truth 80% of the time, how do you know? Right? What is the truth? It needs to become a lifestyle. Besides, once you start telling lies, it can get really interesting. Let's just use that word. I'm going to show you, a, I think, a humorous video clip. Would you like some Thank you. Oh, yeah. You must have had vegetables fresher than that growing up on a farm, Greg. That, um, Greg grew up in Detroit. He told me he grew up on a farm. Do they have many farms in Detroit? No, Dina. No, not a lot. In fact, Jack, I should clarify this. I didn't actually grow up in a farm per se. The house that we grew up in was originally erected in the early Dutch farm colonial style. So that, plus we had a lot of pets. Which one did you milk then? Dad. Honey, he said he'd pumped milk. What have you ever milked? Cat. A cat? I milked a cat once. You want to hear a story? Sure. My sister had a cat, and the cat birthed a litter of kittens. Must have been 30 of them. And there was this one little runt, this little sweet little little engine that could run who could you know wanted to get up there and couldn't really get access to the to the to the to the uh teat teat dad what have you i went in and just simply you know just into a little saucer and uh then took the saucer and fed it to geppetto that's what i named him geppetto I, I had no idea you could milk a cat. Oh, yeah, you can milk anything with nipples. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk me? Okay, could we change subject, perhaps? So one lie leads to another lie, which leads to a ridiculous lie in this case, obviously, right? So we need to tell the truth consistently. Uh, besides, it's hard to remember all the lies to cover up the next lie. Again, truth builds trust. Thirdly, tell the truth lovingly. We talked about that a little bit earlier. 
You can club people over the head with truth. Your hair looks terrible this morning. Well, you know, is that helpful? If you want to help somebody change, two, two things about doing it lovingly, it'll, they'll change them easier and faster. And if you don't do it lovingly, it comes across as an attack. And what is our response when we feel attacked? Push back. All right? Push back. So, really important to tell the truth lovingly. <clears throat> How do you know if you do that? Who benefits? When you're telling the truth, who benefits? If the other person benefits, you're doing it lovingly. Again, so truth builds trust, builds relationship. And lastly, tell the truth tactfully. Tactfully. Um, Think about how and when to say it. You know, Deb and I learned this a long time ago. Midnight's not a good time to try and work out our marriage relationship issues. We're both tired. Uh, we've gotten smart enough over the years to say, hey, we'll just talk about that tomorrow. Go to sleep. All right? And we, and we do that. All right? Plan. Someone said it this way. <clears throat> Make your point without making an enemy. Make your point without making an enemy. Jesus said, the truth will set you free. One of the fantastic things about telling the truth all the time is you're free. You don't worry, you have to make making up more lies to cover it up. You don't have to remember what you lied about or how you said it. You are set free. And that's just one of the great benefits of being a Jesus follower. So again, truth builds, truth builds trust. We got that up there? One more time. Yeah, there we go. Truth builds trust. Truth builds relationship. So why don't we do it? And there's one basic problem. We'll go back to this. Why do we tell cruel lies? Because we have resentment in our hearts. Why do we tell conceited lies? Because we have insecurity in our hearts. So the question is, it's a heart issue. What's inside comes out. And so that's why we lie. So I put this next statement up, and I think it's really important. God is more interested in our character than our reputation. When our reputation is what people think about us. Our reputation is what people see us do. Character is who we truly are, who we are in the dark. And which is, which is God impressed with? Our reputations? No. God's concern about <clears throat> our character, who we truly are. And so what we need is a new heart, a new nature, right? <clears throat> Comes from God. So. And we're going to take one more minute here, two minutes, and finish up. How to stop lying. Four, four steps here. Step one, confess it. This is it. Now you might want to be more specific. I, I have to struggle with, with cruel lies, or I, I struggle with conceited lies, or whatever. Confess that to God. <clears throat> Confess it to whoever you're lying to. Say, I'm sorry, I lied to you. Uh, somebody at work, your boss, your parents, whatever. Secondly, ask them to forgive you. Of course, God will forgive you. That's a, kind of a non-issue. He does that. He, he's, uh, his forgiveness is unconditional. But other people, you need to ask them. You know, I lied to you, that was wrong, please forgive me. Now, sometimes we think that's going to make our relationship weaker, but in reality, it'll make your relationship stronger because it's building what? Trust. All right, thirdly, accept the power to change. You have to believe you can change. You can believe the power of God can help change you, that you can stop that bad habit. You can stop lying. I tell people, I've heard people tell me I can't stop. It's just not true. 
You got to believe it, and then you accept the, accept the power. And the last thing is accept somebody else's help, get support, um, have somebody hold you accountable. You know, weekly, if not daily. How did you do today? You tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. Let me just end by saying this. You and I can be truth tellers. We should be truth tellers. And again, the truth will set you free. So let's pray. We'll finish this up next week. Father God, thank you for the freedom we have to tell the truth. Tell it lovingly. To tell the truth. It'll build trust. It'll grow our relationships with one another. We thank you that you tell us the truth. That... You know, all the, the things that Paul said and other po- people wrote in the Bible, there are, those things are truth. They're things that will help us. And we want to pray for anyone this morning that may not be a Jesus follower, that they would understand and see the, the wisdom, the benefit of being a Jesus follower, and that they would accept your gift, God. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> we'll collect your, your connection cards here in a minute. Uh, if there's some way we can help or some questions you have, Uh, Please, don't hesitate to ask, let us know, or talk to us personally. Thank you.